0: Look at somebody and ask them, are you normal? Say, you shouldn't be. I have to really question somebody if they look at me nowadays and say they are normal, though. And I know the direction that we're going, and we're going to continue in that same vein today of talking about perfectly abnormal. I was upstairs, and I was going over my notes earlier, and I saw a T-shirt that was laying there across the uh, chair, and it had the perfectly abnormal written across it, but there was a problem. And I said, well, I sh- that's what I, sh- I should have grabbed the shirt like that. And I could have been cool like everybody else. So instead, I wore the coat of many colors. And when well, I reached for that shirt and I looked at it and I looked in that little tag. Right here in the back. And that thing said XL. And I said, no, now that would be abnormal. Because I'm a deuce and more. There ain't no xL gonna go on here. I mean, it don't matter if I'm if if, no, if none of this is here, we still, we, we, uh, and it's not happening. Not happening. That would have been, sermon would have been over, altar would have been given, everybody would have been done. Amen. But we are here today, and once again, I am glad that you're here. And other than that, God is glad that you are here. It was just a couple of weeks ago that uh I was getting ready to go and oh. Uh, going to the, back to the firehouse, and I was going to work out. And sometimes, and I don't, I don't do this a lot, but every once in a while, you know, you want to try what some of them young bucks be trying, going to get you a little bit of that pre-workout. And pre-workout don't do for me what it does for most people. Pre-workout a lot of times here, it just, you know, it gives you i I'm not even going to go into all the details, but what it does to your veins and otters and blood flow and all that kind of good stuff. But it's supposed to be like kind of like coffee in the morning. You know, you get up, you got to have, who has to have a cup of coffee? Amen. Not me. I don't like coffee. But anyway, but you get up and you get your shot of coffee. You get what you need and how you need it and what you want. Well, that's all it is. It's supposed to give you a little more energy where you can lift a little bit more and all that kind of stuff. And anyway, when I do it, I have this is not. (laughs) This is not what I put it in. This is what I just got through drinking a big glass of tea in for service first service. But I have a cup looks similar to this, but it has a top on it. and it's, It's my shaker cup. And so I put, I have my, I have that in my, in there, and I'll put my hand on top because this done it got so old, and I'll just shake that dude. And let me tell you, when I shake it, I shake it, and I have my hand, boy, and I am like just, you know, normal people are supposed to be. Sh- you could just do it like this. It's still shaking, but I mean, I am like, I mean, I mean, for real. And I don't know if it's a habit or what it is. And my wife was standing there. And she looked back at me and she said, if you could just see what you look like, shaking that cup like that. And for just a moment, I got offended. Just for a moment. And I said, well, I'm the one shaking the cup. And I want to make sure that I get everything that's in there into the water system. I don't want to get to the bottom of it when it, all that stuff be caked up at the bottom. And then I feel like that I didn't get everything that I paid for or everything that I was supposed to put into my body. So I'm going to shake it. You shake how you want to shake. But I'm going to shake hard as I can. I was shaking, a, and I, sometimes I will put it in a bottle of water, and I was shaking a bottle of water so hard one afternoon. I was doing it like that, and it just broke in half, and everything went all the way across the kitchen. But my point is, is she said, that don't even look normal. I said, who did you marry 32 years ago? You didn't marry normal. Now, everybody else, you thought you married normal, but everybody else tried to tell you that you wasn't marrying normal. Yeah, there's some of you here today, you're not as normal as you think you are. But, as I begin to think about that, that is where we're at today and how we are and how our life is. I wanted everything I want to get everything out of this life I don't mean from a from a secular standpoint, but I mean whatever God has put in me, I want to shake and stir up that gift that's on the inside of me with everything that I can because that's what he's given me so today, if you want a thought, if you want a topic, and this was this was what I had thought about. We're still, like I said, we're still talking about perfectly abnormal. And today, I want to. We want to continue on with uh, what it means to be a child of God. And there's a lot of information, and I may get finished, and I may not. But if I don't, that's fine too. I want to get you the gist of it. There's so many things, there's so much context, and so much reading that you can do when it comes to being a child of God. You must be. And you need to be a child of the Most High. And you have to ask yourself, what do I need to do? Matthew chapter number 5 and verse 16 says it like this. One of my favorite scriptures. It said, in the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Now, it does not say, in the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that you will be. It says, no, so they will praise your heavenly Father. Everything that you do for Christ, whatever it may be, it has to reflect on Christ. It can't reflect on you. And really and truly, those kind of people I just tend to not hang out with. Well, that's just so rude. No. They the ones that's rude. I can't hang out with that. I don't need to be around somebody that's always, look at me, look at me, look what I did, look who I give to, look how much I give to. The-. Now, I know there's nobody in this, in Scott County, I'm just speaking like if, if there was somebody, maybe another country, I don't know. But if, I'm not going to be around somebody that does that. And that has that kind of an example. But let your light so shine. And and one one translation says, in such a way. In such a way. Here's the thing. It cannot be in a way that is normal. It will be perfectly abnormal. The world we live in today, there is nothing that you can just about do. And somebody's going to try to find some fault going to be offended in some way with you, what you said, what you have written down, how you said it, you didn't say it correctly, so you find yourself not being that way. 1 John 5 and 1, whoever believes that Jesus Christ, Jesus is the Christ, has become A child of God. Now, I'm not going to get into the whole salvational issue today, but of course we all know that when you confess your sins to the Father, He hears you, you're sorry, and by faith you are brought into that kingdom. And by faith you are saved, not because of your works, not because of how cool you look, not because how well you speak, sing, preach, teach, or how good your job is, but it all depends on your faith and who we are. But I like how he says that everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has become a child of who? Of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves his children too. Uh oh. When my grandson crew, when he drops something or does something, he'll say, uh oh. And there's so many times all of us, we have those, uh-oh, you know I didn't mean it, Lord. And the Lord ain't saying, uh-oh, the Lord's saying, hmm, what we're going to do about that? You mean I got to, just because I love Jesus, I got to love my neighbor? Just because I got saved and sanctified and filled with the Spirit that I still got to get along with so-and-so that I ain't never liked them looking over my fence for the last 20 years anyway? Yeah, you do. Or guess what? You're not going to be saved. Or furthermore, you might not be saved. Because he said, you will love the children that are born of him. Let's move on. Romans 8 and 16. The Spirit testifies with our spirit, that we are the children of God. Now, while I was sitting in the office, I did just jot down a couple of notes about that. Because during this time, Paul had written in previous verses that it is being led by God's Holy Spirit, given to us by God when we become his children, like I said, through faith in Christ, that we call out to God, or Abba, or Father, Or as Paul later said, it like this in the name of this spirit, in the spirit of adoption, you've been adopted into this family. So bit by bit, the whole, the whole chapter number eight of Romans is pretty much about what's going on here, emphasizing that communication is key between us and God because we are his children. So when I asked the question today, that's a very Sunday school uh, question is, how many of you have children? Raise your hand. Yeah, everybody across here has children, grandchildren, some has great-grandchildren. And we have to ask ourselves, that is, and well, many times what happens, and with our, we, we can't pick and choose. <laughs> if you have more than one child... I'm going to hit this like a bunny rabbit. If you have more than one child and you're trying to like, you know, and this would make it possibly, might be a little smarter, you know, possibly you might be a little better looking. I don't know, but you cannot just pick who your children are. Now, you may say, well, I'm going to adopt. That's one thing. But when it comes down to the blood and you're having children, them children are going to pretty much should look like you. By faith, there's really not much faith there in that moment when you and your spouse are together. They're going to look like you in some way. Their nose might look like you. Their ears might look like you. And and on down the road, they're probably going to talk like you. And you're going to be like, I don't want to hear you say nothing else like that. And they want to say, well, the apple don't fall far from a tree. Because that is us. That's who we are. So it is almost, to, to me, and I'm not going to get into it today, but to me it's, it's almost impossible for you to be able to love on somebody outside of Christ. I, I wish I had time. I know I don't. It's how, how are you going to love and put forth that kind of love? I don't mean this junk love. I don't mean this going to the fair kind of love and winning a little teddy bear out because you can knock off three little take a ball and knock off some things up there in front of you. I'm talking about the real agape love. The love that the world says you can't love them. The world, the world that says, you know what? She done ran off on you one time. You can't take her back. No, that would be normal to not take her back. But the abnormal thing would be to say, I'm going to give God the glory today and I'm going to pray that God will restore That which the canker worm has soldiers. And that's where we're at today. That's where we live. Becoming a child of God. How to be born of God. It's it's almost impossible for me and for you. And I got to say it again. To be able to love without him. Matter of fact, it's scripture you can't love without him. Now you can have this artificial love. You can have. It's kind of like last night we was at the shower. It was at Schuyler and and Cameron shower for baby Noah. That's on the way. Sweet little girl. I can't wait. Won't be long. You know. It's just something else to make the bank account just dwindle on down. I need more faith, I guess. Either I need more faith, or they need to just say, "Hey, enough's enough." But my thing is is that when I sat there watching all the little children that were the same age as crew, and there's several of them there, and one of them's got a truck, and they play in with the truck. And here comes your sweet child, and he's got a truck, or she's got a truck. And so we're all sitting there, and everybody's doing their own thing, and they're playing with all the little trucks. And I look up, and I guess crew felt like this is my pop's house. Those are my toys, and you ain't playing with them. And he goes over there and I look up and he just and does it just he does it just so cool. He's like, he just kind of looks at them like that and kind of, you know, real cool, and he gets one, he puts it up there like that. He looks at them like they're stupid. He gathers another one up, he looked back my way, and I mean I got this mean look on my I don't play them games because I don't like bullies. And and I'm looking at him, and he takes one and he pussy back down. I kind of turned my head. He said, the devil is a lie. I said, boy, it don't matter if your mama and daddy, your whole generation may be here. I will tear your rear end up. I'm thinking that, but I'm not saying that. But I'm also thinking, man, that is my sweet little grandchild just being so mean. And go, but he wasn't like just being mean. He didn't go over there and bulldoze everybody and say, give me all them toys. But he was slick like the devil he just done his little thing. But you know what he would do? Every time he'd, he'd look down, he'd look back at me. Because he knew what you're doing. Now, here's the thing. I know you think your children are the best children in the world. Well, they not. I know that you think your grandchildren are the best in the world. And they are. Is there anybody got any grandchildren? Yeah, no. We don't. We don't want them to think that there's any wrong, but there is some wrong in there, and that's not right for what they do. And we and we think that oh, they're so small and they're just so oh, and though they just like a little angel. No, the Bible says that they were shaping in iniquity, born into sin. You got to teach somebody how to share. Oh, see, some of y'all don't even believe that. And that's why some of y'all kids still taking stuff. Because somebody didn't teach them along the way somewhere else. That's why you don't cheat on this. That's why you don't do this. That's why you don't talk about this one. We have to teach them. And whenever we become a child of the most high God, then he is teaching us through his word how to be a child of God. And it starts like this. When you ask somebody, what are some of the characteristics of being a child of God? What would you say? What would I say? I would have to say that Jesus Christ himself, according to John 1 and 9, that he is the what? The light of the world. The one who is the true light. Who gives light to everyone was coming into this world. The very one. Jesus Christ. He is that. He is, I love, I love what it said, in the beginning was the word, and the word was God. That, that, is, that is a whole other story and a whole another part of who he is. But when we realize who he is, John 8 and 12, when he said to the disciples, you are, check this out, Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I'm trying to let you know this, I, not you, not the church, not the pastor, Anybody else? He said, I am the light of the world. If you, here, here it comes. If you follow me, if you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness. Now, how many of us has always just followed the Lord? We just, oh, hallelujah. It's so good to just be in his presence. No, we haven't always. That's why we're here today pretty much because we know at some point we kind of got out here a little bit when he plainly said, people always want to come to me and say, you know what, I can pretty much do what I want to do. God's going to take care of me and he's going to do this, he's going to do that. And I'm like, no, he won't because Psalms 91 and 1 talks about if you dwell in his presence, if you're doing what you want to do, Stop saying that God promised you He's gonna take care of you. Oh, y'all will be digging after a while. Yeah, go go check it out. Read the whole Psalms 91. Read read all the way down where it talks about great wings is protected. Yes, he's doing that, but you have to dwell in his presence. You gotta follow him where he says to go, and then you won't be shocked. Then you won't be surprised when you end up somewhere. But we decide I'm not following him. I got this. I've read enough Max DeCato books. I think I can live for the Lord the way I need to. I think I've watched enough sermons on Facebook. I believe I got it. I can handle this. But are you following Christ? Well, no, not not really. It, not indirectly, sort of. No, you're not. If every morning you wake up, and I'm guilty of not doing this, But God has just whipped me the last couple of months about it. When you wake up in the morning, because he woke you up, number one, there's the number one thing to praise him for. you did it again, Lord. How is it that we take something so awesome and so great for granted? That he saved us. Yes, he did. But he also woke us up so that we could be thankful that he saved us. Because we might not be where we need to be on that day. He said, hey. Heart start beating again. Breath, let's start again. Let me tell you, you got to follow him. You got to understand what's going on. The light of Christ that we shine, hear this. This is why we got to get up in the morning and pray and ask God to forgive us every day. Yeah, yeah. Paul said, Die daily. Daily. Well, I think I'll be okay every couple of weeks. Joel wouldn't be okay. I can tell you that straight up. I got to do it every day. Because if I don't die daily, somebody else may get real close. But see, I know all of y'all is just so saved that you don't ever have no kind of bad thought. When that person runs up to you at the red light and cuts you off and shows you all in birds of a feather flocking together, I know that you just say, oh, to God be the glory. Hallelujah. You a lie. Let me put on some elevation music. No, I'm gonna, we're going to put on some Bon Jovi, Want It Dead All Alive. What are we about to do? Because you have to cross the line. No, that's because you're not where you need but That's just normal. That's not normal. You're to live for Jesus. You're to wake up every day and kill this flesh. Every day. Well, I thought I was all. No, you're not all good. Who's telling you that stuff? Get out of that circle. Run as fast as you can because that's not where you need to be. Everybody telling you, "Oh, you okay? You okay?" No, you're not. You have to be the one that enlightens people and leads them. If you're not leading somebody, okay, here we go. If you're not leading somebody to Christ. You want a standard in your life. Ask this question. How many people have you led to Christ? How many people have I led to Christ? Think about that for just a moment. How many people are you responsible for that's sitting here today or sitting in a church building somewhere because you were the one that said, hey, man, he's real. Or you may not be a big talker. You may just live it. Your light. Let your light so shine before men in such a way, and maybe that's how it happened. The only real ways when we, here's the thing: when we are a child of God, we share the light of Christ upon a world because the Holy Spirit indwells in us. That's where we're getting the strength, and it empowers us. Let's look at John fourteen sixteen through seventeen real quick. John fourteen and sixteen. I love this. Because we have to understand it ourselves. There, there's, you got to have power. And I know that's a whole nother sermon, but you got to have the power. I said earlier about flipping switches. You can, I can have the most powerful electric grid in the whole wide world. Whatever it may be. 440, 880. Duran's electrician. He said he could tell me all about it. could come here and tell you all about it. You can have all the power you want that will run everything. This church. And it can all be connected to this building. But if somebody don't go out there and flip the switch, that power that's available, the power that's been promised to us and promised to you, if you don't seek the power, instead we will sit here like, why it so dark? Why it's so hot? Why everybody's so grouchy? Well, because we're sweating, dummy. There is no AC. Well, why is this? Well, why is that? Well, has anybody thought to turn on the power? Has anybody thought to seek the spirit? Has anybody thought for just one moment that it's real simple? It's not hard. We've made it complicated, but all you got to do is just sit and flip the switch. And now all the power you ever prayed for is coming to this building. All of it. He said it like this, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate, or kind of like a lawyer. There's a whole other script that said, hey, I have an advocate with the Father, which is Jesus. He said, who will never leave you. Now, how many people ever told you that? Sure. When we got married, of course. Hey, till death do us part. Whatever. Whatever comes, whatever goes, in sickness, in health, for richer, for poor. And there's some times in there you're like, whoa. Lord said, whoa, that big guy. But he said, I will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him. You're not trying to get to power you heard the power was bad you know i don't really like southern pine yeah until you need an air conditioning i'll take any of them southern pine energy central electric you don't matter. i don't even care if it got somebody you made one up you give me some power you got a big enough generator we'll get some power bring stratton be just fine with me when it's when it's hot outside but we Have to understand in a world we live, in order for us to be perfectly abnormal, we have to know and to go after what he is saying. Acts 1 and 8 said it like this, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be what? Witnesses unto me. But he said after the power. We're always talking about I can't wait to run my AC. I can't wait to run my fans, but they hadn't cut the electricity on yet. We have to, when the power is there, when the power is there. You've got to remember, you're different in this world. I believe it was David who was dancing, coming back in with the Ark of the Covenant. Boy, he was coming back into the city, and he was happy. I mean, God, done, he'd been, God had been good to him. And that dude is like throwing down. I'm talking about God has just done the miraculous. He has done dance completely out of his, all of his robes. All of the, that part, the holy part of him, they had just shed all of that. Done got all out of the flesh. there was somebody upstairs, though, looking out the window. His wife was ashamed of him. Said, what in the world are you doing? And once again, that was, that's not normal. Don't you know people's looking at you? Don't you know that people want to know why you're dancing like that? Well, if they'll come to me, I'll be glad to tell them. Because he has saved me. He has healed me. He has delivered me. He has done all the miraculous things in my life because I have got to be different. Jesus said it. Once again, I love that. I've got to quote it again. I love this. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works. But here we go now. And it says, and glorify your Father who is in heaven. That's Matthew 5 and 16. But he also says this. We are to avoid doing good deeds for just those look-at-me purposes. I mentioned it earlier, but I want you to know I wasn't making it up. It is in Matthew. uh, Here's the thing. Jesus criticized people who do good works to praise what? Themselves, rather than God. See, our motive is, as a child of God, should always be to glorify God and not you. We have to glorify him and not ourselves. And here here it is, the very first scripture that we talked about. A child of God must love all people. This is where I want to get into it at. Mankind at large. See, God sets the example for whom we are set to love. Here's how he said it, and every one of you in this bit could probably quote it. For God so loved the world that he, his only begotten son, that whosoever, that whoever believes in him shall, it didn't say should not, it said shall not. There's a big difference. Just to give you a little bit of insight on that, if, it's, if you've never really thought about it, should and shall. When it comes to codes, if that code says you shall restore this power to this, 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 you're going to do it. It ain't no might. Now, if it says you should, it's like, oh, you know, it's up for interpretation. If I want to, I can. If I don't want to, I don't have to. But I love what he said. He said you shall not not perish but have eternal life. See, brothers and sisters in Christ, by this, the children of God and the children, here, here's where we get all confused sometimes. But you shouldn't get confused because the, the Lord said either you're with me or you're what? Or you're against me. You can't love one and love the other, but you gotta love one and hate the other. We're so busy trying to, as my, as my papa would always preach it back in the day, straddling the fence, you know. We want to be, it's just a little bit in the world, a little bit, you know, at all seasons, and a little bit. But have you ever just thought for a moment anything that could happen off there in the middle while you're straddling the fence? Amen? That could be painful to anybody because you're not even at a comfortable place. You're not even balanced correctly. You got to decide today whom you're going to serve. You don't need to wait till tomorrow. Decide today. By this, this, this is how this is how he said it. By this, the children of God and the children of the devil are obvious. Anyone who does not practice righteousness is not of God. Well, that's just hard. I don't think he said that. Well, I believe he did say it. Uh, go to go to First John three and ten. First John three and ten, I believe it is. So now we can tell who the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Anyone who does not live righteously and does not love others, no, it says, and does not love other, ooh, that's about two hours, and does not love other believers does not belong to God. Now, we can hate on somebody getting up here on this stage and telling somebody, you need to live for the Lord or you might be lost. Now, I'm going to back up just a moment when he says, so let your light so shine before men that in such a way. It is also how you let your light shine. You don't just walk up to somebody and say, you know what? I tell you what. Either you better get that right or you're going to bust hell wide open. Now, that is, if, if you're not saved, yeah, probably so. But that's not how God wants us to speak or to lead anybody to Christ. Okay. You are living it. You are part of it. You are the one who's doing it. But whoever believes that Jesus, the Christ, is born of God, and whoever loves the Father loves the child born of him. Once again, that's what we quoted in the very beginning of this sermon that you have to love everybody. Yes, that means that everybody sitting beside you right now, those are other believers. Uh oh. Now, it's easy when everything's going good and everything's going just right. Now, if I was to stop, let me tell you something. I've been, I'm kind of like other people. I was in church nine months before I was born. Let that sink in for just a moment. Now, my folks went away from the Lord for some time, but I've pretty much been in church, around church all my life. And trust me when I tell you, I haven't always just been in the church. Just because I came up in the building did not make me say. And every Sunday morning or Sunday night, when I was in this altar, it wasn't because I was seeking the Lord to be a better person. It's because I was saying, God, I am so sorry for what I've done on Friday and Saturday night. Is there anybody else here that was like me? Ooh, uh-oh. The Bible said it Such were some of you. But we were striving. We were wanting to be better. It don't matter how many times you walk up in this place. What matters is how many times you walk into his presence and you say, God, I'm sorry for the stupidity that I've, anything that I've said or done or, ain't it crazy how you get upset with a brother or sister in the house? Think about that. Like, you done got all upset with your wife because of this and because of that. And she said, and you said, I do. Both of y'all said it. I don't know if one of you, if you like, look, I just whispered it. I didn't say it real loud. Everybody here now. I'm just, yeah. Well, God heard it. He heard it. And he knows, what, he knows exactly what you said. But to be able to love everybody, you got to love everybody. And I know how that, that can be sometimes. Even your neighbors. Look, guys, we're trying to live and to, and to, and to find ourselves in a world, in a, in a crazy world. But we got to be able to do this. This is part of being a child of God. This is a very Sunday school version of it today. But you, in order to be a child of God, you've got to love people. That is the gist of this lesson. I've got to love you. But here's what we do. i tell you what the Bible says. You know, i got to love them, but I ain't got to like them. Yeah, I've said it too. That way I can feel a lot more saved. Sure. We have. But think about that. Are you doing anything to possibly like that person or make that person like you? Is your light so shining? Or have you done put that dude under a bushel somewhere and say, you know what? Mm -mm, Not today. Not today. I have got to be able to do that. I've got to love my neighbors. He said you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Now, first of all, Go ahead and get with Jesus and learn to love yourself. Learn to love you. If you don't love you, you definitely can't love me. It's impossible. You've got to say, hey, God created this. It's done messed up a few times, but he created me, and that's what he wants me to do. But that was in Matthew. Love your enemies. Anybody have any enemies? Don't raise your hand. He said, love your enemies and pray for those. (sighs) I'd just much rather be preaching on David and Goliath or something. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Now, just because you don't have any enemies, you've got some folks I feel pretty sure that persecute you. Be honest now. You know what they said on Facebook about you? You took that to heart so much, and it was probably somebody else that wrote it just used their page or whatever. You don't know. I don't know. But love your enemies. I, I can't do that. I, can't, I, I cannot. I can't do that. Well, then you can't be a child of God. I've read for the last 35, 40 minutes, that's what it's going to take, to be a child of God. I gotta, number one, i got to love no matter how crazy it gets, I got to love my enemies. Because if you think about it, I'll tell you what he also said on down the line there. He said, you know, he would prepare a table. See, so y'all don't want to see, y'all all shook up about, I got to love everybody. I don't know what he's talking about. I can't love them people. I can barely love my wife. Goodness gracious. Well, you got a serious problem then. You need to settle some things in your house, you and Jesus and your spouse, before you can love anybody. But I got to be able to love my enemy, and people's gonna always come by, and it can't always be. Well, you know, it's just on the job site. They gonna talk about you. They gonna do this. That's persecuting you. If they just clown on is one thing, but you will get persecuted, and you got to be able to not fall out with them people. And every time you see them at the local restaurant, like, yeah, we do that because we don't want to confront them but you don't know what they did to me. I don't, but he does, and you do. So you two get together and work that out. Tell you a quick story. When I was about 11 years old at my old church, there was a boy that was about two years older than me, and I have no idea to this day why. But for like six months, this dude would sit across from me in Sunday school and would kick me under the table. That was my enemy. Yeah. Every day. Like, for no reason. I'm like, hey, what's what's up with that, man? Yes, every day. Or every Sunday school. And you go and you tell the teacher. Well, the teacher didn't see nothing. Teacher never sees nothing. So you mad at everybody now. You mad at the teacher. You mad at she can't do it. She, she can't see up under the table. You know, she's not one of the... You know, marvels or anything, she's trying to figure things out for herself. She's trying to teach a Sunday school class, and he being all slick, you know. And I guess she thinks that, that oh, it was the Holy Ghost or something, you know. And like, no. And I had not told my dad so many times. I said, I'm going to tell you, that boy kicks me one more time. I mean, I was trying to be a good little Christian. I was trying to be a child of the king. And so my daddy had an idea, so I'll tell you what I'm going to do. So, and I didn't like this kid. Keep in mind, there was a, I'm not talking about dislike. I hated this joke because I didn't do nothing to him. He was making me miserable. My dad, on a Sunday afternoon after church, got me and got him. I said, all right, you go on, he go all right, he going to the house with us. I said, what? I can't kill him at my own house. My dad let that boy go home with us. And you know what's crazy? Didn't neither one of us even know what we was fighting about. Number one, I wasn't fighting. You the one kicking me, dude. And he didn't even know why. He's like, man, I don't know why I'm kicking you. We became best friends because the father stepped in and said, let me just sort this out before something stupid happens. Do you know how many times some dumb things that we've done that we didn't let the father sort out? We let it get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And for long, we're 19 years old. Then we're 30 years old. But no, the father said, hold up just a, a second now. Let's just, let's just squash this now and take care of this while it's still yet young and while it's still simple. I want to tell somebody today, there's some things in your life right now that you need to squash now. Not the next revival, not when you come back next Sunday. You need to squash it now and say, okay, enough's enough. Put that dude under your foot. we letting too much live, and we're not killing enough. We have got, when that spirit or whatever, that spirit, you, you know when it's a good spirit, when it's a bad spirit, but we have to learn. And you know what? Love does drive out. Kill them with kindness. I don't know why we think we're so big and bad. Because we can stick that chest out and tell, tell you what I'm going to do. Nothing. Most people in school, Brother Martin, that did that to me, they couldn't do nothing. You said bluff them. And that's all the devil is. He's just trying his best to, to think he's all that. It said he goes around like, like a roaring lion. It didn't say he was a lion. You ever been around somebody who just growls all the time? Just growls. My grandson will run around like he's a lion. The dude this tall. I'm like, son, you're a cub. Look. He's like, rah, But he do not realize. He just, he just thinks he's a lion. But I know who the lion of Judah is, and that's Jesus Christ. But we've got to learn to take care of that, guys. But a child of God also has the witness of the Spirit. The Apostle Paul writes it like this: time when I wrote my notes. The Spirit himself bears witness with the Spirit that we are the children of God. The Greek word for that bears witness is a word where it talks about we testify jointly. We come together. My Spirit bears witness with your Spirit. It's kind of like a kindred spirit. You ever been praying in an altar with somebody, or you just been on the street with somebody and you realize they saved and you saved, and you all start talking about the living God, how you feel that, that what? That connection. Now, if they not saved or you not saved, all right, the opposite, you're not going to feel that you're going to feel that unease, like, whoa. Right, you know. Yeah, I, I, we'll, we'll talk about that later, but not, not, not today. But there's a connection. There's a unity. There's a unity. Yesterday morning, I was pretty much hoping, hopefully, it's the last time I got to cut the grass. And I was cutting the grass, cutting some leaves up, and I went across one little particular spot, and my my moor kind of slid a little bit, and I saw a little muddy spot. I'm like, it ain't rained that much. And I got off and got to looking, and I knew that my water line was in that same location. You know, so it's okay. You ain't got to be Captain Obvious, you know. There's a water line under here, and there's a wet spot right there. So, I just kind of took my boots and kind of done like that a little bit, and it was pretty soft. And I saw a little bit of, you know, just not bad. Just, I mean, just barely. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I could have got back on that more and been like, it ain't that bad. So, I rode down to look at the meter to see how bad it was. You know, there's a little red dude on there that spins, you know, when you got a pretty decent leak. That thing wasn't moving. Now, you have a choice to make. Well, it ain't moved, so it can't be that bad. My marriage ain't that bad. It's got a little leak, but it's not that serious. I mean, think about it. If it was really that bad, Brother Sam, that little red thing would be turning, letting me know I had a leak. Well, every once in a while, ain't nobody coming by. Even Pastor Lott ain't gonna come by, ever talk about, hey, I believe you got a leak in your marriage. But I knew I got a leak. I got my shovel. And in this quick story, I don't even have time, but what I'd like to say in this story, I went and grabbed my shovel, and I was just about to, I'm talking about, get on down in that dude, man. Just go ahead and get that hole and get that thing taken care of. Something said, I wouldn't do that. I'm glad I listened. I just eased that shovel off in there, and I pulled the first scoop out. There was the water line and my wi-fi fiber optic right on top of it i said we can't lose no wi-fi oh lord we ain't got netflix we ain't got prime video thank god the devil is a lie i'm so thank you jesus i knew you would be in the midst of it then he said cut all that junk off i said anybody else up there but i looked and i knew if i'd have done it real hard i'd have cut the wi-fi line And I also got to looking, and I said, wait a minute. That's where I told the guy that was laying the fiber optic months ago. He said, do you have any water lines? I said, yes, sir, but this is where it's at. You know how we get so super safe. I'm telling you, it's right here. As long as you cut right over here, you'll be fine. About 20 minutes later, hey, uh, where's the nearest uh, home hardware? I said, "What's up?" Oh, we busted the water line. I said, "Oh." But here's what he did, though. He put a union on it. If anybody knows what a union is on a water pipe, he didn't put a coupling. He didn't just put one little section there just to glue it all together and be quick about it. But he put a union. I got to look Now at first I was like, "I gotta go to town. I gotta go out to the shop. I gotta do. Gotta dig up." all oh, man, I ain't got time for all of this. Just like some of us have for our marriage every once in a while. We ain't got time for that. I ain't got time to fix that. I Got to looking. I said, hold up. That's a union. Maybe if I just get a pair of channel locks and just tighten them up a little bit. Literally. 15 seconds. Tighten both of them up. The leak stopped. Now what if I just went and got a track hoe and just come just dug the whole thing up? That's what we do sometimes though. We do that. And then we realize I'm a child, I I am a child of God. And you know what God gives us? He gives us common sense every once in a while, sister Stella. He gives us some really good understanding. It ain't always about angels flying around your windows. It's like, hey dummy, don't shovel that too hard or you're gonna have a bad water leak. Plus no Wi-Fi. And your mama gonna be upset. So we saved all of that simply because we relaxed a little bit, but he bears witness with us. A child of God, last but not least, a child of God should be alert and watchful and sober, free from illusion. And we could talk about that all the time. First Thessalonians chapter number five. This is where I want to. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Now concerning how and when all this will happen, dear brothers and sisters, we don't really need to write you. Verse number 2 said, for you know quite well that the day of the Lord's return will come, what? Unexpectedly. It don't matter how many books you write. It don't matter who gets on social media talking about there's this many reasons he's coming. They don't know. They don't have a clue will come unexpectedly like a thief in the night. Verse number three. But you aren't in the dark about these things. He's letting you know, if you're one of my children, you're not in the dark, you're going to know. It's not going to catch you. Check out what it says. Dear brothers and sisters, and you won't be surprised when the day of the Lord comes like a thief. In other words, you won't be like, oh, my goodness. Let's just hope when you say, whoo, oh, my goodness, that you're looking down. And you ain't like, oh, Lord, uh-oh. And that ain't even funny. I don't want to miss that boat. Everybody talking about, well, if I miss the rapture, you know, I'll, I'll just go ahead on it. No, you won't. If you can't live for the Lord with his spirit on this earth today, and the Bible plainly said he's going to lift that spirit up off of this earth, and we can't do what we need to do now? No, let's don't even take that chance. But I love how he said that. For you are the children of the light and of the day. We don't belong to darkness and night because you are his children. Now, in the middle of all of that, I couldn't help but write this down yesterday. I'm a father, and as a natural father, with my daughter and children, that it was if, if we come or they come to us and they say, hey, can I do this or can I do that? It's, it's happened to all of us, everybody in this place. And you say no, or you say not right now, or you say absolutely not, now, that's that's me. You as a mother, me as a father, you as a father, that is us talking about that. Because we are, if if I'm a child of God, then I'm leading that child to be a child of God. So I'm trying to do the best I can do. And I know you don't like it. And I know that the mama down the road and the daddy down the road lets you let their kid do what they want to do. That's fine. They don't live for me. I don't have no social security number on them. They can do what they want to do, but I'm going to tell you what we're going to do. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Now, I didn't say that we're just going to be all hallelujah every day. No, that was many times that I wanted to just elevate scholar, Not in a good way. It's like just drive you nuts. But we are the Father, just like he's the Father. And you go to him, but I want to do this. Nope, not what the word said. So be on your guard, not asleep like the others. Stay alert and be clear-headed. I know that's quite a bit of information just in one little part of it, but there was also times as a father that I did something else. Any of you ever promised your kids something? Now, I know we have to say, you better be careful, promising, making promises. Now, I'm talking about when I promise, but if I promise my kids something, I'm going to do my very best to do it. So, God has promised us some things. Go ahead and start some music back there, guys. There are many, many, I, I wrote this down, yes, there are many, many promises of God that's in the Scripture. Each promise, God pledges that something will or will not be done, or given, or come to pass. When I was doing the offering earlier, and I felt that, it doesn't matter what has been in your family. It doesn't matter how far you think you may have gone. You have the opportunity now to be able to understand that there's some things that God said it ain't happening. No matter how much you beg, it's not happening. And there was times that, you know, they can come to you, boy, and they're like, can I go? Can I please go, Daddy? Or the thing that would really drive you nuts is when they think you're like a mind reader. And they just look at you like this. They Don't even say nothing. And you're like, what you want? Can I help you? But y'all know I'm not lying. It's the truth. I need to know what you're saying. I don't understand. I mean, I I really can't. I'm not just trying to say what my mom, her mama said. I can't read your mind, but sort of, kinda, in the back of my mind, I was kind of like, they want something, but they're afraid to ask for it. And I begin to think, whenever I was jotting some of these promises down from God, because there are many promises. They are not just some casual promise that we can, that we often make but these are God solid rock unequivocal commitments made by God himself that I am going to touch you because he is faithful and I am a recipient of the divine promises that can have full assurance that what God has pledged will indeed be realized and just a few and I'm going to get you out of here In a perfectly abnormal world, God promised to bless Abraham and through his descendants, the whole world was blessed. He pointed to the common Messiah, the coming Messiah whom Abraham looked at. He promised Israel to be their God and to make them his people. He promised that if we would search, we would what? We would find him. He promised protection. For his children, that's in Psalms one 121. Don't go there, but you can read it later. He was vigilant watchman all over Israel. God promised that his love will never fail. That's in First Chronicles 16 and 34. He is faithful in every way. God promised Israel that their sin could be forgiven, their prosperity restored, and their nation healed. That's in Chronicles. Repentance opened the road to fellowship and blessings. And also, God, under the terms of the Mosaic Covenant, he promised prosperity to Israel for obedience and destruction for disobedience. It's real simple. I used to always tell Sky this. It is this simple. You make a good decision, you got a good consequence. You make a bad decision, you got a bad consequence. Don't even have to go to college for that. I can save my money. That's going to save you a lot of heartache. In the church, it'll save us a lot of heartache. He promised blessing for all who will delight themselves in his word. That's in Psalms 11 and 1 through 3. Simple faith has its rewards. Who is your father today? When you realize how saved you are, when you realize that he is your father, he promised us salvation. And he also promised, I wish I had time, he promised that all things will work out for the good of his children. That's in Romans. He promised comfort in our trials. He promised new life in Christ. He promised every spiritual blessing in Christ. And he also promised to finish the work that he started in us. You say, I remember when he started that work in me, but now I just don't really know what I'm going to do with it. It's simple today, guys. If there's anybody that loves to have fun, I love to have fun. And I'll be be very honest with you. I don't have some horrible past. I have one of the greatest dads in the world. Took care of me. Never abused me. None of that kind of stuff. Never. But when he spoke, and I knew. Like my dad didn't ask us to wash the dishes. He didn't ask us to cut the grass. Hey, when you get a chance, we do we do our kids sometimes now, you know. When y'all get a chance, baby, would you go out there and 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 just and go ahead and get on that lawnmower, you know, that riding lawn more, zero turn lawn more that you ain't gotta work real hard on, lawn more, gas you didn't pay for, lawn more. When you get a chance, just go out there and get on it. And if you don't mind, no. I was five and a half years old pushing a lawn boy like this. That's a true story. That don't make me better than you. But my father felt like this is how I'm going to do it. And so now I try to teach other people and mentor people that when your father loves you, and you may have had a father that did not love you down here I'm talking about, but you got a father up there, though. And he is in this room today as we all stand across this house. He is in this place today and he wants to touch you. He wants to remind you today how important that you really are. Now, I apologize today if I went over something. I just, I was just trying to get you to understand as quickly as I could in this part of this lesson that you can. Do everything for him. And t- he's not going to always tell you yes. Well, Sam, when you pray sometimes, I mean, you were like, you just getting, you just, boy, you praying and you fasting. he still said, nope. Well, why not? I don't have to be real careful with our own kids now and not teach them whenever we say because I said so. And we do. How come I can't go over there? And you have to explain sometimes. So here's the way God does it. Open this black, this book up right here. It's got this black cover on it. Open that up. And he'll explain it to you. He'll tell you why you don't go there and why you don't go here and go over that place and this place and, and why you don't be taking that part of the world. I don't have to tell you, but He'll tell you. So I challenge us this week. We won't have service Wednesday night. Thanksgiving is Thursday. Between now, And Thursday. The part of my ministry that I don't like, I'll be honest. The most uncomfortable. I like it when God just speaks things that are just, you know, we can just get at it evangelistical and we can just preach and we can do our thing. But God said today that there's some people in our families, call them up, invite them to come to Thanksgiving. They hadn't eaten Thanksgiving in a long time, that you really ain't talked to in a long time. I believe if we're to obey him and if we're going to love and we're going to say that we love Jesus and how much we love him and we're going to heaven. Well, then he said, if you're my child, you're going to love my children. And sometimes we don't understand how can I love that person? Stay in this book and you will. Father. You're our absolute everything today in this house. You've challenged me. You've provoked me today, God. Right in the middle of this sermon, there's things you spoke to me that I've got to do. You've given us every avenue. You've given us every tool, every resource that we need to see your children saved to lead somebody to Christ. You have done it. It's available. And if I'm your child, then I'm gonna love your children. I'm gonna love my brothers and my sisters. The ones that I don't even agree with, I'm gonna love them. I'm gonna learn to agree to disagree and we're gonna go to heaven together. And we're gonna see you one day And all those questions that we thought that we did, that we wanted the answer to, we're not even going to be worried about it no more. Just to be able to stand before your presence and to say it was worth it all to come into a house with lifted hands and to glorify your name. I pray during this Thanksgiving season that you would continue to remind us that we are to love the unlovable, that we are to love The ones that we think have it all, that don't want us to love them, we got to love them, Jesus. Help me to love my enemies, those that persecute me. And more than that, remind me every day when I get up in the morning to love you unconditionally because you love me first unconditionally. And Father, we love you. And I pray nothing but blessings over this entire congregation today, God. I pray if there is a sickness in their life, that it would be healed right now. They don't have to come to this front. I pray if there's deliverance that they need, if there's a marriage that needs restoring, I pray while they're riding home today that that union comes right back together, just tightened up a little bit. I thank you today for every stronghold that's going to be torn down. And we look forward to next Sunday coming back to this place to hear even some more about being perfectly abnormal. We love you today, Jesus. And this church said amen. God bless you guys. And like Pastor always says, hey, go give the devil fits.